Welcome, True Believe readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, where we cover books that are a blast from Peter Parker's past. Today's books came out at the same time as the following three events. Hearts, alone, single, goes number one for three weeks. Northwest Airlines Flight 255 plane crashes in Detroit. And the U.S. TV series Full House, starring Bob Saget and John Stamos, debuts. Here to provide additional insight on the most important of those events is my friend Eddie. Why are you laughing? How are you today, Eddie? It's I, so funny. I'm having trouble imagining why this single that was up here for three weeks. <laughs> it's a good it. song. Yeah. Whatever. Is pick it? your one. Pick your, pick, all right. I've you already picked other, it. <laughs> you're picking obscure, that one? It's the obscure reference because... I can't tell you much about or remember anything from the other tunes. So why why did this make it? It it was only up there for three weeks in nineteen eighty seven. It's it's when it go it's like a it's an all girl band essentially, right? The lead singer and the guitar player are right. girls. Okay. It's a big deal. Right? Do you know the song do you know the song? No. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a very popular my song. My wife might. I, I bet my wife does. I'll I'll let everyone know if on Discord if she uh she can identify this song as soon as I say it to her. <laughs> well, songs. I'm, I'm alive in 87. Are you? True. I'm alive in 87, but I'm only uh, four years old. Okay. All right. Well, look, it's not my problem. <laughs> Try listening to the radio, kid. <laughs> Speaking of 1987, why don't you do the first book? Got you. From June of 1987, Stanley presents Web of Spider-Man Annual 3, First Story, written and drawn by everyone they used all the re- reprinted material from. Yeah, this this <laughs> cash grab is a series of profiles on various aspects of Spider-Man's life, including profiles on Spider-Man, Mary Jane Watson, their apartment, the Daily Bugle building, ESU, Betty Brandt, the Stacey family, Shawshan, the Hobgoblin, Drom the Backward Man, the White Dragon, <laughs> Will the Risp, Stegron the Dinosaur Man, and like 60 more things. I just tried to pick it's, a lot to show you. It's yeah, it's like a, a Spider-Man encyclopedia. Uh, uh, Spider-Man's been around for, what, 25 years now? So I found it to be an interesting browse. I, it would be good, to, you know, if I was reading something about the Kingpin. I'm like, now what happened? And then I could open this and be like, ah, the Kingpin. And it gives a little, like, blur on who the Kingpin is. And if we ever see Drom the Backward Man again, <laughs> I'll know he came from some you know, obscure Marvel team-up. I, I think it's a lot better than some ill-conceived, goofy I, I story. I guess. So. I mean, they already have the official Marvel index to <sighs> Spider-Man. I mean, there's so many right. versions of this. But no, it's okay. It's it's a Spider-Man-centric I, I, one, though. Yeah, you know what, listeners? It If you have it, it's good to, ha- like Eddie I, said, you could wh- whip it open and be like, bam, Stegron. It, Let's go see what's going on with him. It would rank higher than several annuals that I've read. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should do we'll do a an annual uh recap but only only for the good ones um sounds good not work i like that yeah we'll do it for the ones from amazing spider-man i don't want to deal with web or peter parker or marvel team-ups right now let's we'll we've got enough going on with the first 20 or so in those we'll we'll do those um eddie why don't you do the next book from July of 1987, Stanley presents Web of Spider-Man 28, Torchberry, 
written by Bob Layton, penciled by Steve Geiger, and ink by Vince Coletta. Peter and MJ are on the ferry in New York and discussing the renovations to the Statue of Liberty. Peter then shares a story of how he followed the statue on a journey to California and saved it from being stolen. As he tells the story, he reveals elements that he would not have been able to know in the scenes he was not present at. And MJ says, how could you have known that? And Peter replies, that fact was in the police report. At one point, a super hot girl in a skimpy bikini is like, can you rub some lotion on me? And Peter... is asleep. He finds this out from an elderly couple, and he says... It was about the dumbest thing I've ever done. Although that doesn't work out, everything else works out in the end with the Statue of Liberty, and there's a funny little plot twist which I'll save in case someone actually reads this book. <laughs> a lot of the story takes place in California. I do like when New Yorkers write Californians. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about these Californians later. Uh, I'll move on to the next book. From August of 1987, Stanley presents A Web of Spider-Man 29, Mask. Written by Owsley, penciled by Greg Geiger, and ink by Nichols. At Ned Leeds' funeral, Richard Fisk is harassed by Joint Mercado. Richard leaves with Alfredo and Dina and begins to share more of the story we have been covering in the previous few episodes. After the Rose explains his partnership with the Hobgoblin, we switch to police captain Keating arguing with modeling entrepreneur Roderick Kingsley. Assassins from the Rose come to kill the two men and Keating escapes. The Rose, doing his best Peter Parker, <laughs> considers giving up his mask until he finds two of his associates, Varley and Johnson, are dead. Someone dressed up as the Hobgoblin shows up, and after nearly killing the Rose, decides instead to go after Spider-Man. Spider-Man saves Alfredo from the new Hobgoblin, and oh, did I mention Wolverine <laughs> is also in the story. It's another very Rose-centric story, and I'm afraid... The Rose, Kingpin's son, uh, the schemer he was a long time ago. He's just not that interesting for me. I, I just want him to retire, live his rich guy life, leave us alone. Wolverine keeps cropping up, but he's here in Spider-Man again. That's okay with me. He's a lot more interesting than the Punisher, and he occupies the same type of role. So I, I got no problems with Wolverine. You're done with the Rose, right? I'm done with him. Read the title for the next book. From September of 1987, Stan Lee presents Web of Spider-Man 30, The Wages of Sin. Written by Bob Layton, penciled by Steve Geiger, and inked by many hands. Good news for Eddie. The rose is missing. Yeah! Dina and Alfredo feel bad and wonder what happened to him. Richard Fisk feels resentful, and the writers feel... It's time for another Rose Hobgoblin backstory. Basically, Richard was hassled by Ned Leeds for a long time about Richard's father, the Kingpin. When Richard finally decided to get involved, he asked Ned Leeds to join him, and then Ned said, oh, by the way, uh, I'm the Hobgoblin. Listeners of Let's Read Spider-Man know everything else, as most of this book was a well-written summary. The book ends with Richard deciding to work for... The Kingpin. 
the kingpin always wins. <laughs> well, it's oh, that's always the same story. It's interesting that Ned, you know, was in cahoots with the Rose before. I, I assume the Hobgoblin came to the Rose and they presented each other that way. So that is slightly interesting. Well, if people want to learn information and it's not from reading these filler web issues about the Rose, one thing you can do is you can work with our sponsor. And that's because um, it's time for uh, The Daily Bugle Presents Live with Eddie. Each week, The Daily Bugle lets Eddie interview someone from the scene of these stories. Hope it's not the Rose. Eddie, (laughs) please welcome Abe Combrando to talk about everything he witnessed. Okay. Take it away, Eddie. Abe, are you there? I am here, Eddie. Abe, can you tell us what you saw today? Oh, today? Oh, didn't see anything really going on today. I've been in my house all day. Uh, Abe, I'm curious. You know, the Daily Bugle has me interview someone. If you didn't see anything, um, why are we discussing this right now? Well, it wasn't today. Yeah, this was back when the uh, the Statue of Liberty was going to be in a parade. Ah, yes. Were you part of the um, guys who sent it out to California? But something happened, right? It Was it the real Statue of Liberty they sent out to Pasadena? Oh, uh, well, no. The thing, that I, the thing that happened was this really hot girl came by <laughs> on the beach. Right? And this young guy... He's sleeping. I'm sorry. Girl's like, hey, put this lotion on me. You're with your wife, right, Abe? Wow. I was with my wife that day, but if this girl was really hot and I was 40 years younger, that would have been the last time I was with my wife. Abe. All right. Well, well, Abe, I'm glad we were able to clarify. Oh, I didn't even tell you the worst part yet. Tell me the worst part. What was it? This guy was getting sunburned. You know, these uh, these New Yorkers, they just come to the beach. No idea. You got to buy SPF 50. <laughs> okay, Abe. Uh, yes. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. I might have a discussion about who we interview. <laughs> I'm not, but, you know, your insight... Uh, on the beach and the patrons of the beach and New Yorkers in California. Uh, Very helpful, of course. Thank you, Abe. All right. Well, thank you, Eddie, and thank you, Abe. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed The Day of Bugle Presents Live with Eddie. Remember to check out The Daily Bugle for even more news and firsthand accounts like this. James B. Abe really sounded like a New Yorker to me. <laughs> we we could the Daily Bugle could not get the rose. I'm sorry. We, Darn. He's we, probably, we, you know, on his yacht. <laughs> we tried. Eddie, we got an email. All right. Tell me about it, James B. Okay, so this is kind of over over two parts. It's from our friend uh Thanos Six. And he writes, just recently discovered your podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I've been binging in my car. And um, he's up in the books with Amazing Spider-Man and the 100s when Spidey has like the six arms and the oh, yeah. and Morbius and stuff like that. 
he says he's a fan since the early 1990s, and he can't wait until he gets some of his favorite stories. To which Eddie, I tell you, 1990s Eddie. There we go. We got we got to make it that far. We're gonna make it that far. All right, good. I'm just checking with you. I'm just checking with you. You know, questioning so. my gumption. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, Thanos Six actually had a little bit longer conversation with me. We have another minute because it's a pretty short podcast. But he also mentions that he loves his sponsors. I like to point that out. That um, you know, I'm the one who always gets our sponsors on board. So I'm glad to see if someone likes them. Doesn't give us a hard time. But he did. He did tell us a funny story, Eddie. He said, uh, "I have your episodes on my phone and." As he mentioned earlier, listened to him in his car, and he was listening to the ASMR episode. Uh, that was episode seventy-five for us, Eddie. It was nothing. Really. He said the episode started up, and you guys said it was an ASMR episode. And at that exact second, his phone had a little hiccup, and it randomly started up his Pandora, and it was playing "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell. <laughs> now, of course, he doesn't know that this is his phone's doing. He thought it was a deliberate joke by us playing this and after a minute he was like this joke is getting a bit long (laughs) and then realized it wasn't actually a part of the show Uh, on a more serious note he comments that he was surprised we spread the Gwen Stacy Green Goblin uh, story over two episodes I remember you know one character uh, spoiler passes away in each one but after some thought he realized it was the right choice dealing with serious downbeat issues in one episode would have felt very room for our trademark humor and uh, he thought we did a good job handling, um, you know, the rest of the podcasts uh, for those books appropriately. So oh. he said, congratulations on a wise choice. So there you go. That's uh, from Thanos6, who did join our Discord, and I've seen him yeah. popping up there as well. Oh, thanks so much for the feedback and listening. Yeah, and apparently since he's on <laughs> um, number 75, he will, you know, he will catch up to this in... Help you with the math, 100 and, you know, 50 right. so I, episodes. I could not help you with math, James B. <laughs> well, one thing you can help me with is telling people how to reach us. Okay. You can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or click on the link in this podcast description to join our Discord channel and connect with us through social media. Yeah, you can talk to Thanos6 as well. There you go. And now it's time for Eddie's most interesting realization. In Annual 3, one of the listed forgotten Spider-Man villains is the Menfish, created by Dr. Dorcas from Marvel Team-Up 14. Who could forget Dorcas's Menfish? I could forget Dorcas's Menfish. <laughs> How about you? I also forgot Dorcas's Menfish. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Eddie in California in that book, which yeah. I can't stop thinking about that book, how crazy it was that he's going to tell an entire story. I, I get he's going to tell an entire story to MJ, but so many of the scenes he wasn't present in. She kept saying, wait, how do you know that? How do you know that? He's like, it was in the report. But when Spider-Man's there, he's trying to take off and the cops are like, hey, you can't leave the scene of an accident. I was like, that's what they're going to go for him at? Like... Like what are you? He's leaving a scene from accident. He's been leaving. Yeah, he's been leaving scenes of accidents like every single book, forever.
It's crazy. Oh, what did you think of the California things? I, I, I hardly remembered what, what, what the plot was because I was so busy reading about Herschel in his palatial estate. This Herschel, by the way, is the guy is one of the guys who's stealing the statue. Yeah, yeah. So, darlings, everything is arranged. Once we have the torch, the authorities will simply have to consent to our demands. We will bring to their attention once and for all the plight of the California avocado growers. The poor, ignorant peasant must be protected after all. Guacamole forever! <laughs> and the girl's like, Herschel, darling, it's a positively smashing plan. But whatever should I wear to an abduction? I must do some shopping. <laughs> and, Ruben, and the other guy's like, get whatever you'd like, Millicent, as long as it's basic black. <laughs> yeah, they're, these, are the, these are the California thieves. They're all like in bikinis and in hot tubs oh, and drinking. Like, Champagne yeah. in a hot tub. Yeah. At, at one point, there's a whole incident where like they try to use caviar and they're like, yes. To feed their hostages or prisoners or whatever, and like yeah. the people are like don't like it, and then they're like really annoyed that they don't like their expensive caviar. Finest caviar. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yes. Um, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> those were the best parts of that book. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's a Marvel team up for sure.